My wife said younger in a mocking tone there, as if I'm getting older here. <laughs> I guess you lost that, uh, lost that, Joseph. <clears throat> well, you can turn in your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 6. Don't think I'll be very long tonight. Uh, life's been in fast-forward mode for, I guess, about a month now. And uh, the news of our new baby hasn't slowed that down much. Of course, I guess it's going to be a lot slower now than tentatively, Lord willing, in nine months. But um, thankful for, for God and His many blessings upon my life recently, my wife's life. We're glad to um, have that good news. But just the same thought that I've had, been meditating on for a month, month and a half now, ever since Brother Samuel preached along these lines in um, the Tuesday night service. Leviticus chapter 6, starting in verse... Or just read one verse, verse 13. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Turn to Revelation chapter 2. Verse number 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen... And repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. When Samuel preached it a month and a half, two months ago, whatever it was, he preached, from my recollection, on maintaining the fire. And ever since then, I've had this thought and been thinking on rekindling the fire. Amen. And now, as a full disclaimer here in the beginning, it is God's intention that you and I always maintain the fire as the scripture commands that it never ever ever goes out but i do believe that there could be a time in your life and i know there's unfortunately been a time in my life when i let that fire cool down or i let it die altogether. amen and so tonight we're going to look briefly on a very simple thought rekindling the fire nothing new here nothing we haven't heard nothing that you don't know but I don't believe God gave it to me for no reason. That somebody is here tonight, either in the midst of the battle, seeking to rekindle a flame that they allowed to die out, or God wants to awake somebody who let it die and it's been dead. Amen. And he's seeking to encourage us to rekindle that fire. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you tonight, God. A needy people, Father, only your presence, only your spirit can quicken this word to our hearts, God. And I just... Give myself to you. Yield my tongue, God, my soul, and my heart. Just pray your will would be accomplished, that your fire would fall, God, that we would be a people that is meet, that's fit for the Master's use. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, what do we mean when we say fire? In the Word of God, fire means a multitude of things. It could mean judgment. God spoke to Moses through the fire. He led the children of Israel uh, in, the, in the wilderness there by a pillar of fire. But all I mean to just boil it down and make it just as simple as it can tonight, what I mean by the fire of God is simply nearness to God. You're just walking with God. Everyday Christian life, maintaining that fire simply means to be close to God. That you've not, amen, backed away from Him. You've not allowed something in between. That's all I mean tonight about fire. We're going to go over some signs of a dead 
or a dying fire. Now, nobody needs to know or needs to be reminded necessarily. Like, we all understand and know if you have lost the fire, if you've grown cold, if you're on your way out, amen, you know it. I believe God has absolutely, adequately communicated to you by His Spirit that something's amiss. And there's no neutral ground. Either you've got the fire, you're seeking to get the fire, or you're dead and don't care any longer about the fire. Amen. There's not no, there's manby pamby. I'm just kind of waiting around here, floating around through the service. Doesn't work that way. Amen. You're not trying to seek the fire. I remember one time years ago in my life, that fire had kind of waxed cold. And I'd go to God in prayer every night for a few nights there, maybe a week. And I'd always say, God, I pray you bless my meager little coming to you. And God told me one day, I don't bless that. He said, when you search for me with all of your heart, you shall find me. That's what it takes. We're going to get into that later, but that's what it takes to, re- to rekindle that fire. It's got to be a full out, amen, submission to God and a desire for him. Amen. But some signs of a dead or a dying fire. Obvious and one that we've heard a lot when prayer is laborious as a habit. Every day you go into prayer. Every time you enter into the closet, prayer is a burden to you. Not that good kind of burden when God's breathing through you and talking to you, but it's a weight. It's something, it's a drudgery and a dredge and a mundane experience. Amen. You may have prayer means sometimes. Obviously, you got to stir yourself. You've got to grab yourself uh, by the bootstraps, as it were, and make yourself seek God. Your mind's going a thousand different ways. Amen. I've got a, I've got a lot I've been thinking about. I've been looking into it, researching where it's at in development, what it even took to make the thing. It's a miracle of God. Amen. Absolute Miracle. I don't know how they believe in evolution when they know when they found out all it takes, amen, to conceive a child. So there's a lot on my mind. There may be a lot on your mind in each of our lives, no matter what stage of life that we're on. Amen. Everything is real to us at that time. And the enemy seeks to distract us in prayer. But that's not what I'm talking about. When prayer becomes a chore every single time that you go, amen, your fire is either dead or it's dying. When worship is listless and you're distracted. Amen. Your, your fire is dead or it's dying. I never understood why somebody could come into worship service and so dishonor God and grieve his spirit as to be aloof during that time. Amen. You can do lots of things. You can be tired during preaching. You can fall asleep during my preaching. Amen. That's not good either. But somebody who is in worshiping God and just falling asleep, standing up, not giving, going in and out through the bathroom, amen, not giving attention to God, amen. Don't you remember when you were lost and bound in sin, when you were bound uh, uh, by the darkness of this world and by your own mind and by habits and, and addictions, if you're in that world that God delivered you from, you ought never to forget that. Worship ought to be a time you come in with thanksgiving, with praise to God. And when worship is listless and distracted, amen, your fire is either dead or it's dying. When you'd rather do anything else than spend time with God, your fire is dead or it's dying. This goes right along with prayer being laboriousness. But when you seek unconsciously or consciously to fill your time with anything else other than seeking God, amen, your fire is dead or it's dying. You can, there'd be, you know, and that list never ends. Hey, when you go down that journey, there's always going to be something to do. Always going to be some chore at the house, something with your family, something uh, at work and in business or on your truck or in the stock market. Always going to be something to distract you. 
But when you'd rather do anything, you find yourself. You know what that means? You've given place to the flesh. And that flesh don't want to seek God. And that flesh just, all it wants to do, but it wants to justify itself. So it finds a good thing to do, quote unquote. When you'd rather do anything else than spend time with God. When you can go long periods of never truly entering into his presence, and that'd be absolutely okay with you. Amen. I mean, you can go through times. I, I believe God tests us. He withholds himself from us a little bit. I've been through times of that plenty in my life. He wants to see if we're going to continue seeking. If, if by faith, amen, you, you graduate from early babyhood Christianity, and he makes you walk without feelings for a while. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. But, but you ought to, but rises up in the real Christian. Somebody whose fire is real is a desperation to get a hold of God. Not just another prayer meeting. Amen. I got to touch God. Amen. If I don't touch him tonight, amen, I'm going to touch him tomorrow night. In the morning, I'm going to seek him. I can't go another day without his presence and without his fire and without his touch. I can't be a good grass cutter, a good pipe fitter. Amen. I can't be a good husband, a good wife, a sibling, or a child if I don't have, amen, a touch from God. I'll not be able to go very long without a real touch. I'll touch him every day. Amen. But if some days it doesn't feel like you touch him, and he's maybe standing afar off, or it feels like he is, and something in your spirit, amen, begins to just seek him even more and harder and faster, as it were. When you lack gratitude to Jesus and the things that he's done in your life, amen, you've got a dead or a dying fire. Any real Christian walking with God can't help but be grateful. It don't matter where they're at. Right now, we're all very, very blessed. Amen. But no matter if you're blessed like we are or if you're in a prison cell like John Bunyan, you're walking with Jesus. Amen. You're always going to be grateful. I've got a lot to be grateful for today. But when I was there in the Williams house, amen, had a lot to be grateful for as well. Amen. Most of the time I was all the time grateful. Sometimes you go through, that room gets a little small. Amen. You got you, got you and four other grown men in there. Can't, can't walk. Very far on the, on the floor. There's not much space. you got a bed over here. Amen. Two beds over here. Two beds over here. Dressers everywhere. Just say, we're fitting a lot of people in a small space. Amen. You try to prepare a message there. I don't know how Brother Britt does it. Well, he closes his door and tells everybody to shut up. But <laughs> when you ain't got your own room, amen. Amen. As you think it's hard to prepare a message, you try to do one over there like that. But sometimes, amen, that might get got to me. I'm sure sometimes I got to them. But it's always in those times where I'd come in here in a prayer meeting and to correct my spirit, I'd go through from Brother Britt down to little Lukey there, and I would thank God for each and every single one of them. Amen, I'd be grateful to him for the impact they've had on my life because all of them had an impact. Amen. And when you lack that type of a gratitude, when you're unthankful to Jesus, when you're really mulling about in depression and misery and melancholy, your fire is either dead or it's dying. When there's a disconnect with the word preached, you're either dead or you're dying. Amen. God has us here for a reason. God called me here. I remember when he did. I remember that process. Amen. He didn't call me here to sit on a pew. Amen. Hear a good sermon. Go about and live my life separate from that word that was preached here at this pulpit. When there's a disconnect in your life and you can go service after service after service without seeking to apply that word to your own heart, your fire is either dead or it's dying. Amen. Right now, Brother Bridge preaching on the family. Again, it's very pertinent to my, uh, the time that God has me in my life right now. Amen. Uh, he preached the other day. He had mentioned about having your wife and having um, 
having your wife over here and your children over here, and he could ask them certain questions down the line, specific, whatever he wants to say. Would they understand and would they have an answer for what you would do in that situation? Well, I've only been married for a month less, I've been, uh, but I was courting for six months, and it, it troubled me. I said, I wonder. I wonder if she could. And I asked her. She said she could. But nonetheless, amen, seeking still to solidify that vision in my family. That's what's going on in my life right now. But if you're single, that'll speak to your heart as well. you got a vision for what God has you doing right now. And you can always, but when there's a, when he can preach for weeks on end and all you do is come to service, greet everybody, put a smile on your face and run out the door and go home and never apply that word. Hey Amen. your fire's either dead or it's dying. Now let's absolutely clarify. If your fire is dead or dying, you're either backslid or you're backsliding. Hey Amen. sometimes we want to uh, use different words and define things a little bit softer Make it easier on ourselves. But if the fire was commanded by God to never go out, and you've allowed it to wax cold, you're either backslid already or you're on your way backsliding. We can look out in that world, and we know the end of that. There's many different ends to it, you could say. There's the end that I'm familiar with, drug-infested, uh, a perversion and alcohol and addiction and darkness. Then there's the apostate religious hypocrite. We've seen those We've in our own experiences. Uh, you may know, but what you and I and what I keep in my memory and in my heart, the very start of that is this dead and dying fire. When you leave off to pray, when these things, when prayer comes becomes laborious, when worship is listless and distracted, when there's a disconnect with the Word, when you, you're not really seeking God. I know the end of that. Amen. It doesn't take sometimes as long as you may think. Friend, amen. The time is now to revive that fire. There is hope. Amen. The Bible says in Jeremiah 3 and 14, Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you. Amen. I can't, I can't explain it to you theologically, but I can experientially. God's married to the backslider. Amen. He's seeking here to stir your heart. Amen. To encourage you if you've got the fire to maintain it and don't let it go, but to wake you up if you let it die, to stir you up by way of remembrance, to let you know there's still life in Jesus and there's still life within your soul. If you'll but reach up and grab a hold. Amen. I'm going to go through here four steps to rekindling the fire. It's not exhaustive, but again, I kept it short because it's simple. Amen. Just like that way to revival. Six steps, Brother Charlie reminded me here tonight. Start, stop, more, less, do it now, and continue. Amen. You could just fill in the blanks right there in your life. Stop doing what's hindering you. Start doing what the Word of God says. Do more of what you should do, less of what you shouldn't do. Do it now. And continue to do it. Amen. God will awaken you. Number one, though, the four steps to rekindling that fire is to begin again to esteem the cross of Christ and Jesus himself. We always say, what's the first step to backslide? And you say, well, he left off that altar and he, and he failed to pray. And I'll say that's true. That's the what. But why, as I meditate it, why, as I look back on my own life, why did ever I fall away from God? Why do men fall away? Why do they leave off to pray? It's because they disesteem what Jesus did on Calvary. How is that? Well, Hebrews said, 
In Hebrews chapter 10, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter in. Amen. What was the culmination of the New Testament? All, all of Hebrews getting to, all the way to chapter 10. Having therefore, now that Jesus was a better sacrifice, amen, than that of the bulls and of goats. He, was, uh, he shed better blood than Abel. He had a more excellent ministry. The blood of bulls and goats couldn't take away sins, but Jesus did. There in the old covenant, the high priest there was a place where they communed with God, and only one place. And it was there in the holiest of holies, before the mercy seat. And Jesus is our mercy seat. And so you leave off to pray, you lose your fire. It's nothing less than a low view of the sacrifice of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did on Calvary, me and you can enter into the very presence of God. It's our inheritance. It's what God's called us to. It's what he's enabled us to do. And after that big old long list of the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, you get down there to one of my favorite verses. In, in verse 39, it says, And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. What they do... Oh, they said they weren't perfect, but they subdued kingdoms and they wrought righteousness and they stopped the violence of fire and they escaped uh, the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong. The women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured. They didn't receive deliverance. They didn't accept it. They had respect under the recompense of the reward. They lived in dens and in wilderness and in caves of the earth, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. And yet, all that that you and I have not come close to doing, God said he provided something better for us. They weren't made perfect without us, and that better was an entrance into his presence through the blood of his son Jesus. And when you leave off to pray, when you let your fire go down, you disesteem the cross of Christ. How do you begin again to esteem what God did and who he is? Well, I believe you take time to meditate on the word of God, to think on God, to consider your past and what he's done for you. I recommend Hebrews, but you can go to Psalms or anywhere else where some of your favorite chapters and just peruse the scriptures. Read them. Amen. Ingest them. Let them wash over you where God met you and brought you through. Remember those days. You have to get back into the word. Psalm 39 and 3 says, my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Bible says, well, those uh, disciples were walking with Jesus after the resurrection. They said, did not our heart burn within us as we spoke with them? Oh, my friend, Jesus is in his word. I mean, you go there. I remember when I first was born again, very fresh, and just praying out there on my dad's property, God, I want to know you. And he said, I'm in my word. Amen. Just as simple as that. I remember going to Brother Mullins, just excited as can be. But Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. You want to begin to esteem again what Jesus did. Open up the book and read about it. Let that word wash over you. It's not just words on a page. It's supernatural power. It's food for your spiritual soul. And if you've lost your fire, that you've not been feeding your spiritual soul. Open up the word of God. Get back into it. Begin again to esteem what Jesus did. Number two, amen, drop the substitute. Whatever it was that you picked up along the way. Amen, because I know if your fire is dead or dying, you might not have started with a substitute, but somewhere along the way you picked up something, amen, to take your time. No matter how lawful, no matter how good, you're, you're, that little flesh found something to occupy itself with. Amen, you, I want you to know you're not going to get right with God and hold on to that at the same time. 
Amen. That's what happens. That's what a lot of people do. Amen. It's the same thing they do out of the jail. It's the same thing they try and do. Amen. In some of these uh, uh, other other churches, when you got just a, a bunch of apostates there, I want God, but I want this over here too. Amen. Along the way to backsliding, you picked up something. Amen. Whether it's family idolatry, whether it's work idolatry, whether it's money, whether it's trucks or hunting or whatever it might be in your life, God forbid, let it be sin. Amen. You go long enough, it's going to turn into sin. Amen. It's going to turn into something, something uh, dark and evil. It's not a, it's no neutral ground. You can't, you got to make radical choices. I've done it before in my life. Well, I had to cut off distractions in a radical way. Amen. Make yourself accountable. Tell somebody about it. Go to your authority. But friend, if your fire is dead or dying, amen, you need to understand the verity of the situation. Being in trouble with God. You can't hem-haw around in the spirit to maintain your fire, much less to rekindle it. Amen. You're going to have to be serious about God's business. You've got to be serious about God's business. And, and, and be honest. If you've got a family, amen, they know. If, they know if you backslid. They know if that fire is dead or dying. Your closest one's to you. Amen. You ought to go to them. Ask them if you have to. Talk to them. Amen. Ask their help. Tell them, make me accountable. Amen. We're going to do this. We're not going to do that. It takes a fresh, complete surrender and consecration to God. Amen. I, as we read in Revelation, the first works. Amen. You're going to have to do it all over again. Amen. Just surrender completely again. Consecrate yourself afresh to God. Drop the substitute. Amen. Phone, hunting, family, truck, stock market, business, work, hobbies, sin. Without being radical, you'll never make it. Amen. Bound said, whatever affects the intensity of our praying affects the value of our work. If there's something that's crept in, there's something that's affected, that intensity of your fire, that intensity of your walk with God. Amen. You've got to be radical and make decisions worth, worth amen, uh, what you're trying to accomplish to get that fire of God. And uh, leading on to number three here, obviously to pray like never before. If you lost your fire, you left off to pray. And as I read earlier, amen, the uh, disciple said, do not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures. Prayer is the beginning of the fire. It is the continuation of the fire. It is the fuel of the fire. The fire does not exist without prayer. Amen. But it's not just prayer by rote or prayer for prayer's sake. Amen. It has to be desperate prayer. No plan B prayer. It's a tarry until prayer. It's a broken and a repentant prayer. Can't just be going through the motions, friend. Amen. To revamp that prayer life, you're going to have to go out and do some spiritual labor. Amen. Doesn't always come back like that, if you, especially if you let it sit for a long time. Amen. Sometimes, amen, God may bless you in the midst of a service as he's dealing heavily with your heart. Other times, you've got to get out. You've got to make yourself pray. You've got to get desperate of God. It may not touch you fully that first night, maybe not the second night. Amen. But you're going to keep on praying, seeking God, setting aside that time. Amen. Calling, you, calling a brother or sister in the church say, I want you to hold me accountable. I'm going to go out. Will you pray with me? Will you help me? Will you help me bear this burden? Amen. Nobody would deny such a request. Amen. In our midst, no real Christian would. And if you need help, seek it. But you've got to pray. You've got to pray like your life depends upon it, for certainly it does. Amen. Prayer, uh, Montgomery said, is the soul's sincere desire, uttered or unexpressed, the motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the breast. 
Prayer is the simplest form of speech that infant lips can try. Prayer, the sublimest strains that reach the majesty on high. Amen. I believe a preacher could preach his entire life on prayer. Amen. And be on the mark every time. Amen. It is the absolute, amen, foundation of everything Christian, godly, of everything good in God's kingdom. Amen. Is derived, is began, is sustained through real, fervent, actual, fire-filled, desperate prayer. Amen. If you don't know what that is, friend, amen, you need to find out. You need to get there. If you've never got there, if you've got there and you left off, amen, the way back's just about the same way you came the first time. Amen. Do the first works. Ian Bounds says, when faith ceases to pray, it ceases to live. Amen. We're going to have to be a people of prayer if we're going to be a people alive with the fire of God. Number four and last here tonight, give yourself to the vision and work for the kingdom of God. Amen. If you left off to pray, if you've backslidden, if you've grown cold in spirit, amen, there's no chances about it. Certainly, you began to fail your duty in the kingdom of God. And from my perspective, that's going to be preaching on the street, Friday night illusions club, Wednesday night be quick, out at the abortion clinics, where we go as a church, if you want to rekindle that flame. Amen. You're not going to wait. People, they want to wait. They say, oh, I got to get my family in order. I got to get myself in order. I mean, you need to do all those things, but you also need to begin to go again. Begin to make it a point to preach when we go on Friday nights. I preach, uh, I try to preach every time when we go to the Illusions Club. That's just, that's, I make that a point to do that because I don't want that to become just another Friday night to me. It's important. Got back from, um, my honeymoon, and we got in at like 2 in the morning on Saturday, so I didn't get to come to the streets. And Jordan and Timothy were telling me about a fellow by the name of Benjamin that they, that they spoke to and preached to and ministered to that actually left the abortion clinic, or not the abortion clinic, that left the strip club there at Illusions Club. I've been praying for him ever since. I mean, who knows what happened to that guy? Who knows what's going to happen in the future, how God can move? Because there was, a, there was some men out there filled with the Holy Ghost, willing to do what God told them to do. Amen. But that needs to be all of our hearts and all of our desire, to have something to give to the local body and the assembly. Whether we're out there preaching, whether we're here in service, amen, you and I, we all bring a measure of Christ. We all bring something. Either we're being, uh, uh, it's a mutualistic relationship or it's a parasitic relationship. We're just sucking the life out. Amen. Do you have something to give? Have you found your place in the body? And if you had and you lost it, you need to get it back again. And again, as I said in the very beginning, you need to do it now. Now is the time. Today's the day of salvation. It's, not, it's never a time to play with God. But you look out there in the world, and I think of the these I have. Amen. No time to lose that fire. No time to allow things to wax cold. Friend, I don't believe somebody who's really lost their fire is, 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 is fellowshipping with God. And if you're not in fellowship with God, life eternal is to know Him. Amen. You'll be left on that day. You'll hear those faithful words, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. God is merciful. Sure, he is good. He bears long with us. Amen. But he says, my spirit won't, won't strive with man forever. Amen. God wants to wake us up to be a church that's on fire for God. It only takes a few of us, I believe, amen, that'll really get, just get in with God, that'll cause the Spirit of God to move in such a way as to get those who are going to get in, in, and those who won't out. Amen. If we'll just gather together, gather ourselves, and seek God with all of our heart. He's not going to fill you with this fire if you're merely a bystander to what He's doing here, a consuming fire of fellowship. Be a part. 
Be engaged. You got to work. You got responsibilities. I understand. Do what you can. Make time if you have to. Preston was going to take off. Amen. To come with us to, to, to campus on Tuesday. We're not going now. Amen. But just make those decisions when you can. It takes faith to rekindle the fire because that fire comes from God. Amen. I believe it was Brother Britt. Somebody recently said something about heavenly pyromaniacs. I wrote it down. Amen. We ought to be heavenly pyromaniacs. Brother Brian's our local natural pyromaniac. Amen. Amen. We should be heavenly pyromaniacs, seeking to be filled with the fire of God. Different stages of your life. Maybe that looks different, but you know in your heart of hearts what it is to be walking with God in the secret place, to have that open line of connection to him, to know that he can, he can deal with your heart at the gas pumps to talk to somebody. He can deal with your heart to do whatever it is that he's called you to do. And you've got that, that, that line of communication open at any moment of the day. You can hear his voice. I want to be a good husband. I want to get, be a good father. And maybe that could mean a lot of different things. We could talk about in the natural, amen, things that a good father might do or a good husband might do. But all of that is moot and void if I lack the fire of God. And a lot of that supposed things can be lacking and I still be what God's called me to be as a father and as a husband if I'm filled with the fire of God. As Brother Charlie said, or somebody mentioned, there was a man, I don't know if it was Robert Murray Machine or or somebody else, but they got married and left for six months out on a mission trip, left their wife. Amen. You know, that was a good husband. He didn't have to be right there. He was doing the will of God. Amen. No matter what's going on in your life or whatever stage you're at, amen, if you'll give yourself to the kingdom, if you'll esteem, if you'll esteem the cross of Christ and really uh, let that soak into your spirit of all that he did. Be thankful. If you'll drop whatever's hindrance in your way, the weights and the sin that besets us, if you'll pray like never before and give yourself to the vision, that's at least one formula, if you will. If you do it from your heart, God will bless you. God will touch you. I just encourage you to not let that fire grow cold. And if it has, seek God to rekindle it. Purify my 
precious silver purify my heart let me be as calling is to minister unto him. No one else can do that for you. No one else, not mother, father, husband, wife, parent. Only you can do that. You've got to go to the source of the fire. And there's no substitute for that. There's no way that that can be fabricated in the strength of the flesh. You've got to go to Jesus. And uh, that's a choice that only individuals can make and really all of ministry is compelling seeking to compel people to see God because if you don't see God then nothing is going to really benefit you if you're not constantly praying through to his presence amen as Isaiah as he sought God in Isaiah chapter 6 and saw the Lord high and lifted up it was there the seraphim took a live coal from the altar and uh, that, that's where the fire is, is found, amen, in the presence of God and praying through. And so that's, that's something all of us, we must maintain, amen? And uh, if we're unwilling to do that, then there's really, there's really no hope for anyone. They may hang around a church or hang around Christians or they may stay in a family or what have you for, you know, a period of time. But ultimately, if you don't, Pray through to Jesus yourself and see him as he is and be filled afresh on a day-to-day -day basis. You're not going to make it. Amen. And it's really very simple. And it's not complicated. It's, it's very simple. If we would just fall in love with him, it'll make all the difference in the world. Amen. Praise God. Brother Wesley, would you dismiss us with prayer?